Good morning. Happy Sunday, everyone. It is Denise Salcedo. You are watching After the Weekend. As always, I am joined by my pal, Will Washington. What's up, Will? What's up? I decided to wear the same thing I'm wearing in the intro. So. <laughs> oh, you are? I didn't even realize it until right now. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm actually like looking right at the shot. It's great. Um, but yeah, I, I figured, look, it's holiday season. It's my Mariah gear. I've got my MC uh, beanie on, and I figure this is like the one time I probably get to wear it on a podcast. So I'm going to wear it on a podcast today. How are you, you Denise? Very holiday. Like you feel very snowy. Like this is what I imagine you look like in Colorado all the time. Oh yeah. Um, not all the time. Look, we get like Colorado is the, the sunniest of sunny. Like we get the extremes of all seasons. Like our summers are super hot. People are surprised when they get here and they're like, why is it 103 degrees? I'm like, because this is what our summers are like. But then in the winter, I kid you not, Denise, this is one of the times you can be appreciative that you don't live uh, in the mountains. So looking at the 10-day forecast, right? So today, high of 45, looking nice. Uh, Monday, high of 44, still good. Tuesday, high of 44. Wednesday, high of 43. Thursday, a high, I kid you not, of negative 2. Oh, and ew. a low of negative 11. Oh, it's going to be no. awful. God, no. Yeah, it, this I have is... a heater going right now. You can't see it in my feet, and it's like nowhere near like anything. What I don't know what. Oh, it's fifty six degrees right now, and I have a heater going, and I have a turtleneck because I'm cold and long socks. I, I mean, you guys have to have bodies of water around, so obviously it's it's colder because you deal with the humidity. But yeah, it's it's been awful, and it's gonna get even worse. Yeah, we're talking about a high of negative two on Thursday. It's gonna be really cold. I'm like no, I'm stocking up on firewood already. Like that that's what we're doing right now. Okay, that's yeah, no, this going. this is too Colorado for me, uh, Will. <laughs> I don't need to know all of this, right? I live in beautiful, sunny California, uh, where everything's great all the time. Yesterday I walked out and I was like, what a clear day. I could see the mountains, the sky was blue, I didn't have a sweater on, everything was great. Uh that's what it's like living in Los Angeles. Oh, no, that's the thing here though, is that it's deceiving here because the the old saying for Coloradans is that we get 300 sunny days a year. Like this, this is what's deceiving about this. I'm going to show you this really quick. So on that same Thursday where now it says negative one, but oh, okay. it's still going to be sunny. Like it's going to be partly oh, yeah, cloudy. Right. Yeah, it's going to be partly cloudy, sun out. It's, it's, it's crazy. But keep in mind for somebody like me who came from California, right? I was born in Los Angeles. So like I moving here was weird because i had never seen snow before so like the first time i got here and it was snowing i was like is it christmas and like <laughs> <laughs> no because like snow was only something i ever saw on tv and then all of a sudden i move here and it's uh it's like a regular occurrence i really thought it was just something that people did on tv if, for Christmas shows and things like that. I didn't think I it was a you. real you thing. You don't see that kind of stuff here in LA, especially if you, like, you were born here, you grew up here. You, you don't know, you don't see any of that. Like I thought it was no. fake for years. Like they're yeah. lying to us. <laughs> so let's get into the show because we got, I it. think this was the week where I had the biggest struggle, Will, because there were so many things I wanted to put in my best of. 
and it was very hard to choose. What I thought was going to be my best of the week changed, and then it changed again, and then it changed again. So I'm feeling a little bit like kind of bummed out because I had to take some things that I really wanted to talk about on the show off the list. But before we get into all of that, for those of you who are new here, this is the breakdown of our show. We talk about our three best in pro wrestling and our one worst of the week. Uh, throughout that, you guys are more than welcome to send in super chats if you do send in super chats. Um, but it really helps us out a whole lot, especially because that's how I pay Will to come each and every single week and you know take part in this show. So please feel free to send in super chats. Not only does it help support the show, but it also gets your question, your comment, your statement, your Christmas wish list right here on the stream. We actually got one here from Chai Town Spurs, who just Chai Town. Chai Town, sorry, I can't read clearly. Uh, Chai Town Spurs, <laughs> Chicago just is. In. <laughs> he just says messy. Yes, as in, uh, yeah, we're talking about um, the World Cup. Obviously, the game just ended right before this started. Who, did, um, who won? Uh, I, I actually don't know because I was I don't, not. I don't follow. So. I was not paying enough attention um, because of the fact that right before this. Uh, oh, did it really end in a tie? Is that really what happened here? Uh, <laughs> so Argentina and France ended 3-3. Okay. Uh, look, I was like halfway watching right before this started, and then I had to put my list together. Oh, Argentina won. They're saying. Okay, thank you. Well, thank you. So, for oh, one on penalties. There we go. So, so uh, they won. Yes, everybody was saying okay. it was a total bonkers game, um, and I again was like halfway paying attention, and then I'm like, okay, I got to start putting my. Who list are they together, playing? So, uh, France. Oh, okay. Ooh, okay. All right. Well, if you are uh, want to celebrate by sending super chats, you're more than welcome to. <laughs> if you want, if your team lost and you want to be sad, you're more than welcome to. Uh, whatever your uh, mood for the day is. Uh, either way, thank you so much to uh, Shy Towns. Uh, they want to know in the chat, the by the way, given what's not on your list, what's your honorable mention? Do you want to mention it at the end, what you had to cut? Yeah, actually, we'll talk about it later because you might have okay. it on your list. So I'll okay. bring it up if you have it on your list. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into it. Come on. Let's talk about some pro wrestling. Okay. okay. That was terrible. Uh, Caden C sends in a super chat saying, 19 days till I'm 20. Congratulations, Caden. I was 20 10 years ago. I was 20 15 years ago. Okay. We're now we're just depressed. <laughs> no, honestly, I didn't know shit at 20. So um, I, the 35, honestly, other than I had small handful of things was like best year of my life. So uh it's it, it goes up trust me Caden it, I it, was doing a lot of dating at 20. so was That's I holy shit yeah I know now that I think about it 21 I was I got around at 21. Uh, but... <laughs> hey that's what you gotta do right well not what you gotta do but that's how you know you're 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 enjoying your 20s yes <laughs> All right, uh, let's get into the show, everyone. Uh, Will, let's kick it off. Uh, we're kicking it off with you. Uh, third best of the week. All right, so this is cheating a little bit because uh, we talk about, we were just talking sports, right? And me being a big sports guy. One of the things I uh, grew up with and I'm a big fan of is basketball. Uh, big basketball fan. I live for the Denver Nuggets. Matter of fact, my undershirt here is actually... Uh, now that I mention it, a Denver Nuggets shirt, if anybody wants to, to, to see that. And if you don't, well, too bad. But anyway, uh, so grew up on basketball. Grew up on basketball through the 90s. So much so that 
as I've stated on other podcasts that I do, uh, my ringtone is literally the song Round Ball Rock by John Tesh, the NBA on NBC theme. And it's a song that only lasted 12 years, right? That song was around from 1990 to 2002, if I remember correctly. And yet it's been gone for 20 years. And us basketball fans who grew up in the 90s have this strange attachment to the song, uh, to the point of where anytime it's used today, it just triggers those nostalgia feels. And so Tony Khan licensing the song for this week's episode of Dynamite makes my number three on the list because, look, um, pro wrestling has always had this interesting relationship with its fans where, um, you know, for the longest time, uh, it was all about doing what the fans wanted or giving the fans what they needed because uh, you were trying to win over your fan base. And then for a long time, especially from the WWE side of things, um, they were kind of in opposition with their fans, where if the fans wanted something, it was like, well, let's stick it to them and not give it to them. But we kind of live in this era right now where uh, fans are kind of back to dictating things a little bit. And what's funny is when the Best of Seven Trios series was announced at Full Gear, immediately people started comparing it to the uh the nba finals the nba playoffs because those are best of seven series and people started putting together these video packages using the nba on nbc theme song round ball rock and so of course tony khan would pay the money to actually get the song and so when dynamite opened this week pyro hits and all of a sudden the song is actually playing I got goosebumps, a little bit of a tear in my eye when the graphic for the trios match came up and uh, it gets to the part of the song that they used to play in the 90s when it would go to commercial. I don't know, but like all of this nostalgia just washed over me and I was all smiles. And I know that the Young Bucks are big NBA guys. I know Kenny um, pretends not to be, but he follows basketball a lot. And so I know that with all of the, uh, the basketball-ism surrounding this trios tournament with them going down 3-1, very similar to the 2016 uh, NBA Finals between the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Golden State Warriors, and we know how this is going to end, and it's going to be a death triangle blew a 3-1 lead. All of that happening just made me so happy. It was I, – I can't express enough how stupidly cool it was that Tony Khan paid the money to get round ball rock on a pro wrestling show, something I never thought I'd hear, never thought I'd see. There's no way I could put this on my list. I was going to say on a week like this, and, you know, we have a song here. That's pretty cool, though, because I was not expecting this to be uh, on your top three whatsoever. I didn't even have a picture for it. Okay. But either way, um, we <laughs> Look, have the, a lot the, of the song is literally my ringtone. Like, it's uh, – and it has been since phones have been able to have ringtones. Like, I think in 2007 um, was, my, like, my old flip phone back then. I managed to get that song on my phone through some trickery, but – Everybody knows if you hear that song coming from my phone, they're like, oh, your phone's ringing uh, because that's just been me forever. Uh, and so for it to be used on a pro wrestling show made me so happy. Uh, please keep using it. I know they paid the money, so they're going to keep using it through the rest of the series. Uh, I'm really excited. We got a lot of people in the chat saying they love this song. They completely agree. And this was definitely something that people seem to like. So um, I agree. Good stuff. Thumbs up. I don't, have, I don't feel as passionate as you do. But 
thumbs up. I mean, I, I imagined. I, I figured yeah. that, like, you not being a basketball person probably no, I meant. Was, I was a fan back in the day when I was, like, a little girl because mm -hmm. I used to, you know, root for the Lakers. And that was actually the first sport I started watching, even before I started watching, uh, before I really got into wrestling. It might have been around the same time, actually. But basketball was the first thing I started watching. And I always kind of like chimed in but i was never a hardcore fan uh i was just a casual other than when i was a kid but i grew out of it sort of well, deal well so the funny thing is at that time period because again that was the song that was synonymous with basketball between 1990 and 2002. so um even like those if, even if as a kid i would imagine probably the early like kobe days with the lakers that was a song that was around in the background. That was a song that was playing when Kobe won his first championship. Like that's the song that everybody associates with Michael Jordan. I even joked yesterday that that song's probably a national anthem in Chicago because if you saw any of Michael Jordan's NBA championship victories at any point uh, and throughout his six, all six occurred with that song. So that's why it's like it's legendary. People, it's legendary. Uh, yeah, and, and the funny thing is it actually annoys me that it was so easily obtainable. Fightful Select had a story on how easily Tony obtained that song. And it annoys me that it was that easily obtainable because the song hasn't been used in 20 years. And, like, anybody could have used it over these You're last like 20 years. this whole time we were missing out? Yeah, this whole time we've been missing out. ABC could have picked it up, but ABC's like, oh, we want our own identity. Tell me what the ABC song is, folks. You can't because nobody can identify that. Um, TNT song is pretty good. But other than that, like, nobody can identify any of the other NBA songs. Just pay the money to t John Tesh, like Tony Khan did, for Round Ball Rock. Thank you. We got That's a comment all. here from Lee J. Robinson who says, you and me both will. The NBA and the NBC theme is the best theme in sports broadcast history. Uh, that and the NFL's uh, films history one. That one's really good, too. I, I think that one's very good. All righty. Um, my number three is polar opposite. And also, I just switched it to. I had something else, and I moved uh, my two and three around, and I took my number, my original number three out. And so I kind of made some movements here because I took a second look at it. Okay. And I was like, wait, hold on. Okay, so my third best of the week, uh, we're sticking with Dynamite here, and I'm giving it to Ricky Starks and MJF for the world title. Uh, the reason this one here is number three, and this was close. On any other week, I thought this would have been my number one on any other week. I think I'm following Dynamite. I had this at around number one uh, for my best of the week because I really enjoyed this match. I thought there was a lot of really cool stuff that they did throughout the entire thing. Um, the way that the crowd was so behind Ricky Starks. Uh, there was just a lot of the back and forth that I really enjoyed between MJF and Ricky Starks here. And uh, obviously we knew that, you know, MJF was going to retain and that's fine but the way that they ended things it all uh, with the low blow and everything I feel like this is something that they can always go back to when you know obviously we're going to move on to Brian Danielson and MJF based on the way that things ended and what's been going on with William Regal so for me I'm like you can always later on come back to this and Ricky Starks will always have that thing where it's like you MJF you didn't actually defeat me like fair and square type of deal. So I feel like this is pretty exciting for me because I'm just excited to see what else they will do with Ricky Starks and MJF. I really do think that this is going to be an opportunity for MJF to uh, really get to work with somebody that is, how do I explain it? Um, somebody that can go toe to toe with him on the mic, somebody that can they can have a good match with, which is what we saw, but also someone 
around the same like age demographic as MJF, you know, because a lot of the guys that we've seen him work are, you know, different time periods, different ages, and that's all been great. But this one to me feels like, oh, it's young, you know, it feels so full of, I don't know how to explain it. It's just, you know, you got Ricky Stark, so I don't even know how old he is, but um, they just seem more in the same, how do I say this? Well, like they're in the same space, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I get yeah, the I, youth going for them. Yes, uh, they do feel like they're a part of kind of the same right, like the new generation. era of MJF. Yes. I mean, I mean, of AEW. There you go. So, like for me, I'm just like, okay, I feel like there's so much more potential that they can touch on with that afterwards, and they can always circle back to the events that unfolded here tonight uh, on Wednesday night. But I legitimately enjoyed this match. I thought it was really good, and this was really close to being my number one. Wow. Okay. Yeah. No, and no, I liked it a lot. You disagree, Will. No, no, I liked did it a lot. Did you like it as much as I did? Um, it didn't make my list, but I will say that I liked it a lot. There was a lot I liked about Dynamite as a whole. Like, one of the things that I truly appreciated about Dynamite was um, just how into everything that Garland crowd was. They, that was a phenomenal crowd from moment one. It was like uh, when Carry On Wayward Son hit that opening word crowd goes nuts and i knew what i was in for the rest of the show and i thought god this crowd's gonna give it everything and they gave ricky starks everything uh mjf got a good amount of heat like it's crazy that it doesn't really feel necessarily like those rebellious crowds of like the mid 20 teens exist anymore uh because as hot as this crowd was as active as they were like they fairly go with the flow right um and i thought that this match it started a little clunky there was a, a one spot in the very beginning that seemed like it was mistimed between the two of them. But then uh, they seemed to bring it together and have a whole lot of... They picked it up uh, fast. Yeah they, yeah, they picked it up fast, and they had some great chemistry with each other. So I, I agree. I liked it a lot, and I liked how into it everybody was. And Ricky Stark still looked strong in the end. Um, had he been able to make the cover after that spear, who knows? He might have even won. MJF had to use a low blow. This is something they can come back to. It's not like this isn't in... Um, Tony Khan's wheelhouse either. Tony Khan is kind of known for, I don't even know if people have been paying attention, but most people in AEW do not win their first attempt at a world title or at any title. Um, It's always first attempt usually doesn't go that well. Going like I I brought up on Day After Dynamite this week, I talked about how uh, on the women's title side, like Jamie Hayter, she lost her first shot uh, and... Uh, Thunder, Thunder Rosa, Rosa. Had, Thunder Rosa, uh, even Tony Storm had lost at Forbidden Door before she actually ended up yes, winning right. the title. And then, and then on the tag title the side, the acclaimed lost. It's a, it's a Tony Khan thing to have people go after the title. MJF lost to Moxley the first time uh, at All well, Out I would, 2020. Okay, Ward, no, Wardlow won the TNT Championship. No, he Did didn't. He not he, on the first lo- one. The first That's one, right. MJ- MJF. MJF cost him the belt the first time, and then he won on the yes. rematch. Yes. Okay. So, You're right. So. I'm like, hold on, wait a second. It's Who kind has, of a. I'm sure there's few, gotta be somebody. There's a few, mainly because the title history is so short. So yeah. there's a few who obviously had to get it on their first attempt. But for the most part, um, like Darby got it on his first attempt. There's a few, but for the okay. most part, overall, it's kind of a Tony Khan staple to have guys lose their first attempt and come back and and get it later. So I was like, you but know what, Ricky starts to be that, fine. He's gonna have to switch it up because <laughs> then, let's say you have a first title defense coming up, and you're gonna be like, nah, he ain't gonna win because he Tony has this pattern where you're not gonna <laughs> see this person win. That's it, we figured it out, and he's gonna have to switch it up and start surprising us a bit. Yeah. yeah. 
So yeah, it's because somebody brought up CM Punk. He did yeah, win CM his first. Um, but like he's he's uh, he's a he's a, he's yeah, like he, a special one in terms there's a few of you, exceptions. you had to you had to with him. Yeah, because Hangman didn't win on his first attempt. Hangman, uh, that was his whole story was that he had to work his way back to it. So it, it's happened, but uh, it's it's a Tony Khan staple. All righty. Well, let's go ahead and move on. Will, what is your numero dos? Numero dos. Let's go back to this Garland crowd, shall we? Because Garland, Texas um, is, is a frequent one for AEW. They have had, I believe this was their fifth show. Let me see. Yeah, because they did one in 2019, two in 2021, and then two this year. So, yeah, that's been... Uh, and then they were also there for Supercard of Honor. That one kind of counts. They've almost had six at least Tony Khan run shows because I've been to one there. Um, so have you. But, uh, I was going to say I was there. Yeah, you were there. Um, <laughs> I was there. So, I I've been to Garland, Texas. When you said it, I was like, oh, shit, I was in Garland, Texas. Dude, yeah, I know, right? I, it's like, I, I didn't remember it until I saw like certain things about the yeah. building. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I was there earlier this year for Supercard of Honor. I didn't even realize it until right now. How is that possible? <laughs> <laughs> Literally right now. I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah, we've been in that building. So it's a frequent building. I think it's the building they've run um, the second most. And so uh, it, it is a normal one for Tony Khan and AEW. It's a hot crowd. They're almost kind of a home crowd for AEW. But one of the things that they did particularly well, and I don't even think they intended to, was they gave Action Andretti the moment of his career. Um, in that I felt like they came into this moment almost sarcastically. They were chanting, let's go, Jobber, things along those lines. Yes. It was more so to get to Chris Jericho. But I think after Andretti kicked out of that code breaker, it, there was almost this feeling that washed over the crowd of like, what if? Maybe this, yeah, what if? What if we were like legitimately behind this guy? And it turned from like a ha 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 kind of moment to actually rooting for him. And then they started, to, and then the match got really good and they start chanting, this is awesome. And the part that I think nobody was ex expecting in that building, and especially me at home, was that Action Andretti won. And uh, he won clean with a sh running shooting star press. I thought for certain Jericho was going to kick out. You could see it in the fans' eyes when they're chanting, one, two. And then there's almost this delayed three because they were expecting the kick out. And everybody in the building gets to say three. And then this whole feeling of, oh, my God, what did we just witness happened? Um, look, there's a lot of guys who have been put over in big ways uh, in – and those kinds of moments. But I think this crowd helped make this a really, really special moment. And uh, and it was clean. Like, the thing is, it's not one of those, oh, it looked like a stroke of luck from this guy. It really looked like when he kicked out of the code breaker and then beat Jericho clean with his finish, this wasn't like a roll-up or anything along those lines. He Action Andretti came out of this looking like a million bucks. Uh, I... I, there was no way this couldn't make my list. This was phenomenal and uh, a, a star-making moment for the kid. I love this. This was great. So it's one of those things where almost all the stars aligned on this one because you mentioned the crowd, right? And the crowd was really, you know, into it from top to bottom. I think wherever they would have done this, um, the ending would have still gotten a pop regardless. But I don't know if the uh, the emotion throughout the entire match would have been there. I think they obviously would have reacted, but this crowd really went like above and beyond. Like that was the first thing that I th that I said on my show on Wednesday was please control copy paste this audience and. Put <laughs> 
put them literally <laughs> everywhere because yes. they really made the show exciting. Like there was even some things that were like, you know, okay, they were fine. But whenever you have a crowd elevate something that's just like, okay, it makes you the person at home kind of enjoy it just a little bit more. And so here's the thing. This made my honorable mention list. Unfortunately, I had to kick this one out, um, but I had a feeling I'm like, I feel like Will's definitely going to put this on his <laughs> list. I'll get a moment to talk about it. But um, but yes, this was one of the honorable mentions that didn't make it onto my list. But um, this one was interesting, too, because I literally said this. But when this match started, I'm like, oh, man, like, I don't care. I don't care about this match. Like, why do I want to see Action Andretti and Chris Jericho? Right. Like, that was my initial reaction. And then once the crowd really started getting into what he was doing, and obviously he was doing like a pretty great job in ring wise, too. But I'm like, OK, you know, you it's not like we were seeing things we'd never seen other guys do either. But the crowd really got behind him and then when they started chanting like let's go jobber i was that was funny to me like it was like there was a comedy like in the air of like yeah we're all here rooting for this jobber and it's funny too because they even messed up his his nameplate they put jericho's nameplate and one of the things that i mentioned was this guy literally had the ultimate like glow up within minutes he went from not even getting an entrance (laughs) not even getting his right nameplate being called a jobber by the crowd and a lovable way but still and uh to then beating chris jericho trending like number one on twitter and then getting signed by aew who gets that in, in minutes i know this was one of the most feel good things to happen literally all week uh one of the most because i have a feeling one of them is on your list uh but um this was one of the most feel good moments i've seen this week uh this was just Great stuff. I was so into this, and uh, I agree with you. By at the start of it, I'm like, oh, yeah, Jericho and a jobber, you know, whatever. He's gonna get his uh, momentum back after losing to Claudio. Nope, didn't happen. A- if anything, Jericho looks worse, and uh, I'm curious <laughs> as to where this is going. My hunch is that it's headed toward Jericho versus Ricky Starks, but uh, I, I don't know. Did you watch Andretti's match with QT Marshall? Yes. How was that match? Because that was the match that basically apparently inspired Jericho to say, like, hey, I'm going to make this guy a star. Very good. And it, and it got the crowd behind him. And I think that was, uh, you can tell that was the one that got people to go, okay, there's something here. Because he did get the crowd behind him. And, yeah. I'm going to go back and watch that match. Because now ahead. I'm curious. I'm like, okay, what happened in this match <laughs> that Jericho said, you know what? This is the kid that I'm going to. Because think about how many people Jericho has seen wrestle come on seriously think about that and for him to be like you know what this guy this guy right here he's got something I'm gonna make him a star type of deal I want to go back and see uh the actual thing and see what he saw you know that type of thing and so it was very exciting good for him I think we all can pray and hope for moments like that in our lives (laughs) oh yeah for sure (laughs) Reggie Simmons sends in a super chat. Thank you so much to Reggie, who says, it's a toasty 19 degrees here in Chicago. This uh, this show warms me up. Keep up the great work, guys. Thank you so much, Reggie. has been very supportive throughout multiple shows. Uh, it does not go unnoticed. Thank you. And stay warm because, yeah, that's uh, that's not great. Mr. CJ Lilly sends in a super chat saying, people not liking the Bray story for not wrestling. I ask, why does he have to pro... Why does he have to pro wrestling isn't a sport. It's a physical theater. Let's the, let the story play out. Okay, so he's saying that people not liking Bray for not wrestling. He says, uh, 
why does he have to pro wrestling is a sport it's a physical theater let the story play out we kind of went into this a lot last week and i feel like will you and i have probably made our peace already with the bray wyatt stuff all i'm going to say right now in regards to this bray wyatt situation is it's not in my top three not mine either but it didn't hit my worst so that's there's that either. <laughs> yeah it and didn't hit my worst it, in any other week, because there was a, there's three things that I'm still debating on what I want to put as my worst right now. I haven't decided. I have three things. I think ours are the same. Any other week, any other week, I probably uh, would have been like, eh, this could, it, it depended on the week, right? It could have been in my worst for me, but, um, but it would have been me reaching. I didn't think it was horrible this segment. No, I, I, I thought that LA Knight did his part well. Um, I, I think for me at least, uh, and again, I. It was in my top three when Bray returned. Don't think that I'm just like downing on Bray, but very was quickly my top his three too. yeah, a lot of his stuff's not hitting for me, and uh, just a hater, <laughs> quit hating. And like, and like this segment, um, and partly because like shout out Rob Fee, but he built this up on uh, Twitter this week is like SmackDown's gonna be can't miss, and I this was the that. segment. This was the segment he was talking about. Uh, this, uh huh. Um, he's the guy behind all the Bray Wyatt stuff. I know, stuff. but I forgot. <laughs> but come on, it was just a bunch of laughing. <laughs> but this was supposed to be the big reveal of uh, okay, Uncle Howdy. But, yeah, but it was the same. It was just uh, never mind. Yes. But why do I? I don't even bother. Why do I bother? Yeah. Okay, well, what did you think of the reveal? Well, it's sort of reveal. Like you know, he walks out, but he's still like in the costume and everything. They don't. I don't even think they did a, a close up, did they? They did, and did they? I. Uh huh. Um, I. I, I don't it was boring, this. Will. It was okay. I thought the costume looked stupid. Um, Uncle again, Howdy. yeah. Oh, it did. Uh, but again, I'm still in wait and see mode. Um, so, so what you're saying here is, um, people not liking the Bray story for uh, not wrestling. I ask, why does he have to? Pro wrestling isn't a sport; it's physical theater. Let it play out. So, I, I, I want to address that because. Pro wrestling, you're right, isn't a sport. You're right, it is physical theater. Uh, one of the things that uh, I need a to lot say, of... I disagree with that. <laughs> sure. And well, I mean, I... Well, well, one of the things though that has always been talked about, um, as far as pro wrestling having the non-wrestling elements, um, and this is things that have been said by great creative minds of pro wrestling for decades past. Uh, and it's really simple. At the end of the day, you can have all of that stuff, but it has to pay off in the ring. It just does. Uh, that that was where WCW in 2000 blew up on itself, right? Because you had an angle where you you spent hours of TV time on this whole Stacey Keebler pregnancy storyline, and it was like, but uh, how does this end in a ring? Because if it can't pay off in a ring, then what's the point? You, then what's the point? And so. Granted, this is going to pay off in the ring. And I think the problem people are having with it is like, when are we getting to the ring stuff? Um, and not just that, but like... But here's the it, thing. It, I, don't think I'd be I don't think people would be complaining as much if the storytelling was really great. I don't think it's really great. I'm sorry, yeah, was I not allowed to say that? Like, I just no, feel like, no, no, I feel no, like no, nowadays, I'm, we can't say anything. But I, I'm, I'm being honest with you. I find it just a tad bit not just find it a tad bit boring. Yeah, I'm no, I'm just, please. I, I, I want you to say that because I don't want to be a hater. 
Yeah, I don't either. Uh, my my thing is I'm just tired of Bray Wyatt stands in my mention, so I was going to let you have that one. But <laughs> I'm sorry, Bray Wyatt stands. <laughs> so yeah, Denise can have all of that. I am. I'm willing Thanks, to give Bill. it. I'm I appreciate willi- it. I'm willing to give this till whatever match they end up doing. That's what I'm saying. And if the match ends up okay, but I'm uh, not expecting some sort of groundbreaking match between Bray Wyatt and Allie Knight. I'm sorry, are you expecting a groundbreaking match? Like all these months of all this months to this, are, are we expecting some sort of groundbreaking match? Y'all better have something planned for as long as we've been waiting. There better be something good in the kitchen for this. I think we're just gonna get a nice little appetizer. Okay. I could be wrong. I could be completely wrong, and I want to be wrong. Trust me. I want to enjoy this, guys. It's not really my cup of tea, but I also realize that the entire show is not going to be, you know, it, this show is not written for Denise Salcedo. It's not written for Will Washington. It's written for the masses, and, you know, obviously, we're all going to have different tastes. Yes. Uh, but thank you to Mr. CJ Lilly. I appreciate you sending in some controversy here on the chat. Um, okay, and let me make sure I'm all caught up here. All right, guys. Also, heads up, if you do want to go ahead and send in your hot take if you guys want us to argue about something hell send in your super chat i don't care we'll have a good time uh orion ben 666 says uh so young impact does the same thing but i got wrestling with that i watch wrestling for wrestling comedy drama and horror are only additives uh in my opinion thoughts on this will because i mean i, I agree like- yeah that, that that's how i feel that i i i love I won't say love because, like, uh, obviously, supernatural stuff is not for me. But I love most of that stuff when it plays into being the backdrop for pro wrestling. That's it. If it, as long as at the end of the day, the I am getting at my core pro wrestling. That's what I'm here for. Okay, because I think all of us maybe prioritize certain things. Like for me, my number one thing that I like is obviously the pro wrestling. Like I want to go out there and I want to watch matches that I consider art because I consider pro wrestling to be an art. Okay, it's mm-hmm. an art, and I'll, I I won't sit here and argue with art people, but it's an art. <laughs> um, and the other thing is I love stories that bring in an element of realism that tends to be my favorite. Which in terms of like the, I love good start storytelling in terms of not just like entering wise but promo wise you know the exchanges between people i love all of that i love when they go outside the box and be creative but not in a way that is so hard for me to suspend my disbelief right i want it to be easy and uh still sort of confined where i can buy this you know um and so that's a little bit of my personal preference but I understand that you're going to get different things. And, you know, if, for example, um, I, you know, for me, even going this, I love the flippy shit stuff like that for me, it's freaking great. But there's a lot of people that don't like it because it seems too choreographed or whatever the situation is. They don't like it. Um, you know, for me, that's something that I find highly entertaining. And I know that there's a good amount of people that don't like that stuff. Hmm. So, oh, yeah. for sure. Uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I'm completely with you on that (laughs) and that uh, because I'm not one of those people who's like, I need my wrestling to be super realistic. That's because I don't watch movies in that same regard. Um, But I just need it to uh, respect its own rules. And that's kind of it for me. Uh, So either way, I think we're kind of on the same page. What's your second best though? I'm ready for what you have on your list. Okay. Okay. All right. Denise, the second best of the week. Um, All right. 
I had to do a lot of moving around, but this one, let's hop on over to Friday Night SmackDown, and I think you guys all know where I'm going with this, and that is definitely Ricochet versus Gunther for the Intercontinental Championship. This was a freaking blast, okay? Um, I loved everything that they did here. I thought that they made Ricochet look pretty good in this because for the most part, Ricochet has been presented as this guy that can go out there and do cool moves, right? But that's it. They've never really done anything more with Ricochet. And uh, him, him after having that great match with Santos Escobar and then moving on to this, obviously this wasn't the first time he's wrestled Gunther. It was great the last time. It was okay. I think last time it was good too from what I remember, but I don't remember it being this good. This one to me was a can't miss. If you missed out on this match, if you missed out on SmackDown, I would go back and watch this one because I thought it was a lot of fun. I mean, there were so many moments where I thought, oh, this is over. I, I remember after that moment where uh, uh, Gunther chops him and then power bombs him and you think, okay, that's it. He's done. Ricochet kicks out of that. I mean, they did so much high impact stuff in this match that I legitimately thought that it was going to be over a couple of times and it wasn't. And that to me made it very exciting. And also the quality of match, we didn't really get this a whole lot when, um, you know, Vince was, you know, in charge. Like I was sitting there watching these really bad SmackDowns, Will. It got really bad to the point where I wanted to like not do a Friday show. Like I wanted to give up on my Friday show because I couldn't sit there every week and watch Shinsuke Nakamura versus Baron Corbin for the 500th time, okay? It got really rough for certain weeks. And I felt so horrible because every time I had to go on and be like, there's nothing to talk about on the show this is a five minute smackdown review and so now that we're seeing the quality of matches uh improve even if it's just like you know one to two matches a week it is adding so much more life interest and meaning to smackdown and i have been finding myself um you know the, uh enjoying smackdown a little bit more than raw these days because i feel like there hasn't been i don't think i don't remember when's the last time i put a raw match on my like my number one for the week you know, like there's been some good stuff. I think the last one I did was the women's triple threat, actually, which was not too long ago. But even before that, I didn't really have too many. It was, um, and I feel like they've been at least keeping that consistent with SmackDown right now. So I've been enjoying that. So with that being said, it had to be this match, uh, Gunther and Ricochet. I thought this was a good one, and I just really hope they keep it going in terms of keep putting on matches like this. And also, Gunther has like brought back the Intercontinental Championship from the freaking dead. So... Thank you, Gunther. Nice. <laughs> okay. I think I got something. I got a vibe here, Will. I got a vibe. I'm going to move on. <laughs> I'm going to move on. Uh, before we do, actually, ladies and gentlemen, you guys know that this weekend, uh, this Saturday, we got Christmas Eve, and then this Sunday, we got Christmas Day, uh, which means all of us are going to be shopping like crazy, trying to get our gifts in, etc. Well, let me go ahead and pitch a gift idea to you. Smack Talk Showdown. Uh, it is a wrestling card name where players play as wacky wrestling characters, and you cut promos on each other. You cut promos while talking smack to your friends you do a little funny task it is so much fun i play this game all the time here on my channel i have a series called promo wars where i invite people over 
and we literally just cut ridiculous promos on each other. I swear, you don't even have to be a wrestling fan to enjoy this game. Like, grandma will enjoy this game. Your auntie will enjoy this game. Trust me, they will have a really good time. If you haven't checked out Smack Talk Showdown, check out the videos that I've done here on the channel, and I swear you will love it. On top of that, if you have already seen these videos or you just want to go ahead and play this wrestling card game, head on over to smacktalkshowdown.com. Uh, because you guys are here watching after the week, you also get a very very special discount five dollars off your entire order with the promo code denise we all love discounts so make sure head on over to smacktalkshowdown.com get five dollars off your entire order with the promo code denise smacktalkshowdown.com all righty it is time let's get into this will our number one we're no, there. we got worse we got worse oh yeah i forgot sorry my bad <laughs> yeah, no. I, I forgot the format of this show clearly <laughs> um all right will your worst of the week all right i can't think of uh a single thing i am uh more sick of but so talking about my worst of the week first thing i want to talk about is uh monday night raw you know as much as i really talked up the crowd in garland texas I have to go on the opposite uh, way. I believe they were at the Pfizer Forum in Milwaukee, if I'm remembering correctly, on Monday. Um, and Milwaukee, for the most part, I don't remember being a bad crowd, but uh, this just seems to be a common theme with Monday Night Raw crowds, that they're just all kind of shit. But, uh, and just not giving anything a reaction. That main event uh, between two stars and Bobby Lashley versus Seth Rollins got nothing. And uh, these crowds just sit on their hands the entire time. But then I remember that when you're fed content like Johnny Gargano in The Miz again, I fully understand why these crowds don't want to react. What are we doing here? Why are we still here? You know how John Cena returned at the end of SmackDown this week? And a lot of people were like, man, I love how John Cena has just kind of transformed to like self-aware kind of lame dad, uh, even though he's not a dad, but like, He's, he's corny, but in a way where we're all aware of it and it's, like, really endearing. Johnny Gargano is that, but, like, it's not cool. And I'm, like, worried that they are uh, really harming any of the appeal Johnny Gargano has. Because, like, right now, I'm not feeling it from him at all. Uh, so, specifically talking about this segment that involved uh, The Miz and Johnny Gargano and Adam Pierce and Dexter Loomis uh, that saw uh, it was the Christmas giveaway segment. Miz interrupts, uh, tries to steal back his, the money. What are we doing here? Why are, we, why are any of these people still here? Uh, Johnny Gargano has already lost so much of his appeal. I feel like when he came back and there was that whole... He came back in Canada and everybody was like, Johnny Wrestling and gee... Why would people chant Johnny Wrestling at somebody? Maybe because they like seeing them wrestle. So what do you do with Johnny Wrestling is you have him out there doing, like, bad comedy that he's not good at. And uh, on top of that, Dexter Loomis. Like, what is... None of this is clicking with Dexter Loomis either. And uh, I, I, I'm, like, vastly worried about him and, and what he's going to have going for him after this is over. The Miz is just incredibly tired shtick at this point. It's not that he's bad at what he does. It's that he's just been doing the same exact thing for, I'm sorry, let me look at a calendar really quick, 16 years. This ex 
he's maybe had a little bit of deviation there here and there when he had that really great intercontinental championship run but then for whatever reason somebody decided nah this is the miz this is what he's going to do for the rest of his career it's going to be the same stuff that you've always seen forever and his stuff stinks and the crowd's not into it none of this is clicking and I think it's actively harming Monday Night Raw. This, for me, is bottom-of-the-barrel stuff. I had to put it out on my worst of the week. I can't stand this stuff. Now, I have, I feel like a broken record because I've been saying how I didn't enjoy this every single week on a Raw post show for, like, the last, I don't know, however long this has been going. And it got to the point where there were some weeks where people didn't agree. And I'm like, what are you guys seeing that I'm not seeing? Like, what is happening here? I'm sorry, but I predicted this. I saw this coming, and I saw it progressively getting worse each and every single week. So, yeah, I agree with you. It's not good stuff. Now, it's my turn for worst of the week. And, um, Will, I'm going to need you to vote here because I have three that could be worst of the week. I have one that's a funny botch. I have one that was kind of really (laughs) gross. And I have one that could be a danger to the world of pro wrestling. That's more on the news side of it. Where, oh. which one should I go with? I have three. I mean, look, the botch <laughs> is at least. I'll pick all three. Look, I mean, the botch is funny. I know what you're talking about there because we've already talked about that. that. There was more to that, though. Yes. Um, hmm. <laughs> oh, this is tough. So what bad am I going with? I need, I need, to, they're all, what, where am I going with here? Uh, look, the chat wants you to go with what sounds like number three. Okay, well, um, I don't think they think, I don't think they know, I, I think they're, uh, I don't think they know exactly what number two, three is. Aha. Uh-huh. Um. You know what number three is. Yes. <sighs> what should we talk about here today? Let's you know go. What? Yeah, okay. I mean, okay, let's run her up these. Um, I'm going to say ultimately three, but reveal what one and two are, please. Okay. So number one, not number one, but this one was going to be, is, was a consideration because it was, okay, I was at GCW, okay? Mm-hmm. And I got a couple of text messages and tweets and all of this of people linking me to the top dollar. <laughs> I was botched. one of those. <laughs> and I'm sorry, it made me like I. You know what? I laughed. I'm sorry. I, you know what? Bless his heart. I, I laughed though. Um, the moment's but, really made to me by Michael Cole, by the way. Yes, when he said that's why he. This is why he doesn't do it often, or something like yeah. that. But that isn't even why it was on the list. Okay, it it added to it though. The reason why I made the list was because I hated that they had Legado del Fantasma go out there. They were the most entertaining thing on this match and then just had them lose to hit row. You know, like they could have pinned Viking Raiders. They could have been anybody else or they could have had Legado win. It's just that I fear that they're going to put them in the same bubble that we've always seen, uh, you know, people like this put in this exact same bubble where you never see them rise the ranks at all on the show and i'm like they were the most entertaining thing and i'm sorry having hit row win this match after that botch will (laughs) i mean they weren't good look there's this is a bed you're gonna change the sheets all right that's what i'm saying here That's the best way that I can explain it. Look, okay, there's a couple of things. One, uh, there's not a whole lot they could change because two episodes, because they taped two episodes of SmackDown. They taped this week's and next week's. Um, so it's like the, the Hit Row match like yeah. had to take place immediately after. All of this was already written. There wasn't a whole lot that could change. Um, but also, though, 
So, um, do you watch a lot of Family Feud by chance? Um, Family Feud, no. I've seen a couple episodes, but I haven't seen much yeah. of it, though. But, but you know, like when somebody gives a really bad answer and the rest of the family's like, good job, yeah, 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 good, yeah great yeah. answer. That yeah. was B-Fab here, right? Because, like, as soon as he completely didn't hit that. And everybody was, like, falling. Like, I saw Ivar fall, and I'm like, bro, the only thing that touched it was probably a fly that flew by. <laughs> right. And, B and B Fab off to the side, just like, yeah, go! <laughs> oh <my laughs> um, and, and then the strut that Top Dollar took right after. Beautiful stuff. <laughs> like, he accomplished something. It was actually pretty great. Um, so I could I, I I couldn't even put this at my worst because I was thoroughly entertained. It was funny. It was funny. Like I know obviously it wasn't funny for him, but it was it was a little funny. Okay, so there you go. So I didn't know which direction to go. My other one was not the match at all. It was more so the simple act. <sighs> Sammy Guevara and uh John Moxley. Now, Will, you know I love the blood. You know I love the violence. I really do. But this one really grossed me out. It really, really grossed me out when Sammy was like biting and biting the ear of John Moxley and doing God knows what to his ear. And John Moxley's like gushing blood. And it was the simple act of him kissing Ty after that. <laughs> killed me. Will, I wanted to barf. Okay. <laughs> I didn't realize where you were going with this. Oh, shit. It was that moment right there where I was like, oh, no. And so it, it made my worst of the, that moment could be a worst of the week just because it was so gross. Where I'm like, there's no way I would kiss somebody with when they had the blood of somebody else in their mouth. And I'm not going to be making out with this person. Hell no. So that really grossed me out, like, to yeah. another degree. All right. But in the end, for my worst of the week, I'm going to have to go with Vince McMahon wanting to return to the WWE based on these reports from the Wall Street Journal. Um, immediately afterwards, there was a story that uh, came out where the stock instantly went down the second that Vince said he wanted to come back. Uh, the entire story just continues to get worse and worse. We got new details on, you know, the spa manager and bringing out her story, her husband going after Vince McMahon, wanting to, you know, get him with a bat, all of those details uh, in which he was justified, by the way, the, the husband. But, um, you know, all these details and more and more is coming out, right? And Vince wanting to go back to WWE and knowing full well that there's not really much that can stop him other than like sponsors, maybe network, that type of deal. There's... And for, there's a scare, there's a chance that he can come back. And here's the thing, like, I think if he were to come back, I think that some people that maybe haven't came out that haven't shared their stories, I think they're going to share their stories type of deal. I you think know? that's why yeah, I uh, credit to Meltzer on this point, but uh, I think that's why these stories are coming out now. Um, because I think it was once the rumors started making the rounds that Vince wanted to come back, he's, you know, Meltzer noted that he's like, I don't believe it's a coincidence that these stories came out around the same time that Vince talking about coming back. Oh, hey, there's more um, that you guys don't know about. And I think it is uh, a, a case of making sure that, that I think there's people in the company who know there's more to this guy that wasn't talked about for a long time. And if he's thinking about coming back, Here's some more information, Wall Street Journal, in case you need it. Um, I mean, I agree with you. Uh, I can very much see what Vince sees, which is that I've been a part of every WrestleMania since the beginning. 
And here we are coming up on one of the biggest WrestleManias of all time, one that's potentially going to have John Cena, The Rock. Uh, it's in L.A. And uh, I'm not a part of this. Like, I can absolutely see. God damn it. <laughs> yeah, I can absolutely see that You're Vince. You ruined it. <laughs> Vince, like, he could probably deal with giving up SummerSlam. He had to give up SummerSlam this year. He could deal with giving up Survivor Series. But I think he's looking at WrestleMania coming up this year and going, that's my baby. Absolutely not. Nobody does WrestleMania but Vince McMahon. And I think that's where the talk is coming from. I think he's looking at it and seeing that with his biggest stars, you know, Austin's potentially having a match. These are all guys that Vince made. And it's like, these guys have never been booked without me. I mean, obviously Austin did because he was in WCW. But like John Cena, never been booked without Vince. Rock has never been booked without Vince. Um, and like none of these. These are all Vince McMahon creations. And the idea of these guys being all on the same show without him, I think, drives him nuts. And, uh, you know, people asked me for my percentage yesterday on Grapsity. I went with like 40. I, as far as like this happening, like, I think. This is the, a bigger story than people realize. Yeah, I don't for think sure. People, I don't think people really focused in on how, how, how what this could mean in the coming weeks in the coming months like you mentioned wrestlemania and i feel like uh you know obviously with other stuff going on in the news this was kind of pushed to the side but i'm right. like damn like there's some big there's some big possible repercussions coming off of this you know you major implications of it yeah, yeah major implications go. and that's uh that's a little bit scary uh yeah i don't know uh what happens here but i i can see why Vince wants to be a part of WrestleMania season. Uh, and that is something that I, I know very much a lot of people don't want. Um, I don't think there's anybody asking for him back necessarily. I know that there's ultimately the the people, I, I talked to a couple of guys in WWE who are like, look, this is my job. This is a contract I signed. If he comes back, I'm going to work because this is where I work. But at the end of the day, like, would I prefer it? No, not a chance. Not your first choice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. Um, we got a super chat here from Sheldon Jackson. Thank you so much to Sheldon who says, I feel like the tag division in WWE is actually suffering right now because the Usos are the champs and no one believes they'll lose the titles before Mania and every other team is kind of cannon fodder uh, till then. I get it. Um, but I, you know, I feel like right now with what they're doing with the bloodline, I feel like, yeah, having the Usos as champion does feel kind of, you know, important on that end. But I feel like if they just keep, you know, going out there and having good matches that they can you know, sort of overcome this just a little bit. But I don't know. What are your thoughts on this, Will? Um, I think I, I have had an issue with the uh, with the Usos as champs in the sense that, like, I think overall they've been great. I think overall the bloodline is great. Um, but I also think that there is this mode of, like, keeping everybody else at bay and not not a whole lot of willingness to do something important with the tag division because they're stalling for whatever the Usos end up doing, likely with Kevin and Sammy. Um, I think about how uh, I ask somebody a trivia question, and I'm going to ask Denise this right now. Oh, I'm not good at trivia. I'm a fail good. already. Okay, just thinking <laughs> about it. Going back to WrestleMania, do you remember who the Usos faced at WrestleMania this year? Was it? Uh, yeah, it was um, fucking fuck. Oh my god, I'm blanking. No. Yes, Bridge Bridge Holland was in this match. Was he not? No, that mm -hmm. was the year before that. What am I thinking about? No, tell me. I forgot. 
It was people. Rick Boogs and Shinsuke Nakamura. Rick Boogs, Rick Boogs got hurt. Yeah. There you go. Rick yes. Boogs got hurt. That's what I was thinking. R, R, Ridge Holland, Ridge Holland. Yeah. No, Rick Boogs, because he got hurt during that match. I think it was like the right. opening match of the night or something like that on night one, I think. Yeah, and so my point here, though, is that the Usos have had a lot of just kind of unimportant things happening this year because it's just basically them coasting by. I feel like the only thing they did that really felt like it mattered was the feud with the Street Profits. But beyond that, it doesn't really feel like the Usos are... Like, even this Hit Row match that they have coming up, it's just kind of there and gone. Um, it, it doesn't really feel like the Usos are doing much in the tag division that uh, is progressing the tag team wrestling. It's really been more about the bigger picture and the bloodline, which is going to pay off awesomely and ultimately make for probably the biggest tag match they can do. But it just feel like feels like to get there, everything else is just kind of coasting by and just kind of like one-off shots here and there that don't really matter. We got a super chat here from Gene, Dream Ninja 77 who says flat out won't watch WWE anymore. Vince comes back. Trash Human Mercedes about to get me to sub to New Japan World in a couple of weeks. Uh, thank you so much to Dream Ninja 77. Gotham guy sends in a super chat saying, hey, Will and Denise love your weekend show. Will, I just stumbled onto your other show and I'm loving it. Also great Vince McMahon impression. Hey. Look, I work on those impressions a lot. Uh, not going to lie. Uh, one of my favorite ones, maybe I'll... Uh, I'll dish it out on this show one day is triple h but specifically it's triple h in the middle of a um media call because those are uh, you get a lot of you know you know um and uh that th that's one that i uh am, am quite proud of but i'll save that one for a later date you only get one head of wwe impersonation per per week, per week on after there we the go. week all righty well we got a couple minutes left so uh will let's go ahead and jump right into it what is your best of the week well, the good news is it's already been talked about. Uh, so my number one this week, you know, as I give shit to WWE crowds, specifically um, Raw crowds, uh, we get to go back to the Allstate Arena on Friday, Chicago, uh, which was live as hell for the Intercontinental Championship match between Gunther and Ricochet. This was actually my favorite thing this week. Uh, uh, Denise basically talked a lot about why this match was great. One of the things I want to talk about is uh, how, you know, when you have something like Garland, Texas in with AEW where the crowd is just hot all night, that's always something that every wrestler just loves because they, they uh, there's something about being in front of a crowd that's just there to see everything and from moment one to moment to, to the last moment of a match to have them behind you and making the moments great is always something uh, to be proud of. But... One of the things that is more difficult in pro wrestling and something to uh, hang your hat on even harder is when a crowd isn't into something to start, but by the end of it is going insane. And that's Ricochet versus Gunther, where, uh, you know, I think the crowd was willing to give this a little bit, but for the most part, they're kind of on their hands for the start of the match. But Gunther and Ricochet worked their asses off throughout this match to make this special. And by the end of it, they had the crowd going insane. They were going batshit, after, uh, biting on every near fall. Ricochet is just, uh, he has just tapped into another gear since Hunter took over. And uh, I don't know what it is, but all of a sudden Ricochet has just been out there having uh, some of his 
best WWE performances. Um, and then on top of that, Gunther has also, you talked about raising the, uh, the status of the Intercontinental Championship. Absolutely, I agree with that. I think Gunther has done wonders for that title. Like the fact that there's talk now of Gunther versus Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania speaks to how much his stock has risen just in this last year. Uh, and I just thought they delivered on all fronts. My only uh, negative I could possibly give this match is that I had a hunch, and I said this last week, that it's probably going to fall into the backdrop of uh, Gunther versus Braun Strowman. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened here. But even still, just on its own, taking this at face value, um, again, going, taking a crowd from like 10 to 100 is uh, just a testament to the in-ring work. This was the best part of SmackDown um, on a SmackDown that was, for the most part, pretty good. You know, the cool thing about these types of SmackDowns is that uh, whenever WWE has had to do these dual tapings where they have to tape two episodes of SmackDown in one week, um, one of Hunter's kind of staples here is rather than, like, try to cram a bunch into two episodes, he'll, like stretch the content of two different episodes and this smackdown only had three matches like overall both smackdowns only end up having three matches that they taped so there's still only six matches which is what the average episode of smackdown gets anyway but when everything gets to take its time and really let it breathe and let the crowd really soak in what they got here that's great stuff and uh i was really happy with it by the end of it i was on the edge of my seat like we knew gunther was going to win but for a moment there i was biting on it i thought ricochet was going to get it this was the best thing that happened this week this was good stuff, man. I completely agree. All right. My number one of the week was actually uh, on GCW. Oh. Yeah. America's Most Wanted. I, I, I'm shocked. I, I am shocked. First off, I thought I knew it was going to make your number one. And I am you think incredibly shocked. Was? I thought you were going to give it to Roxanne. Winning well, it, the... was an honorable, it was going to be an honorable mention. Unfortunately, okay, I had to move some things around. I told you I felt so bad. There were some things that I couldn't put on here. I know I felt horrible. Um, also, well, Kazuya sends in a super chat saying, are there any plans for Bandito want him on AEW TV? Well, he's signed, so there's clearly going to be some stuff with Bandito. It's just um, there hasn't been anything right now just yet. I mean, uh, I think people have to I, – I would hope by now there's kind of an understanding of how Tony Khan's signings kind of work in that uh, it's not necessarily like a sign them and there's plans for them immediately. It's more like a sign them and they kind of get added to the queue as like he's still going to focus on the people he has. But like, you know, we're just now getting to see Ricky Starks and he's been signed for two and a half years. We're just now seeing Ricky Starks really rising up the ranks on the show because um, I think you got to look at the people who are ahead right now. Um, I think if there are plans for Bandito, they're probably a ways off. Or in Ring of Honor. Sweet. All right. So my number one was the GCW six-man Lucha Tag Team match. GCW. Oh, this sounds like a hoot. This will. I think if you would have been there, you would have been like, holy shit. Like, this match just gave me life, okay? Um, this was Gringo Loco teaming up with Los Vipers, taking on Ares, Commander, and ASF. I cannot tell you, they really just, and I, you know, also being there live, the place was completely sold out, okay? Um, it was so crazy, fast-paced, lucha action, just nonstop, 
moves that I'd never seen done before. Um, you know, a team, you know, obviously you get a lot of really great like teamwork stuff too, stuff you've never seen before. It was so exciting. The speed, this crispness of it all. Oh man, they freaking killed it. And on the night, on a night when they had they had uh Ijo del Vikingo on the card, and this was the match that I think fans were just, you know, thinking this match was the match that made the show um feel extra special that sort of thing and there was a lot of people that you know watched the show there's people saying like you know this was like match of the year contender because it was that freaking good and it was funny because backstage i went to the back and i saw gringo loco and he looks at me he goes how was that denise and i was like bro why are you asking me i was like holy shit did you not see that reaction like it was nuts i told him like you guys freaking killed it will this was an awesome match um i don't know if you have uh, the fight plus service but if you need it i can give you the login uh this match was worth watching it was so freaking good and i think that the fans and the people that watched the show really got something special with this six man and i do think that all of these guys deserve to be acknowledged for that because the work that they did was stupendous and uh just getting to see work like that and here's the thing like i love indie wrestling will and you know this because i'm always going to the shows out here in los angeles anytime i want um independent wrestling is really what really kept me a fan all of these years because i was that person that was going to pwg and all of these other places and so for me whenever i see like these great matches on these cards they need to just be acknowledged so there you go that was my number one um really quickly we got a super chat here from van twinblade who says missing glory pro today because of covid wear your mask great note to end it on thank you so much to van twinblade um will next this sunday this coming sunday is christmas and obviously guys we have families and so we're not going to be doing a live show however if you still want content, we will have a show on here at the exact same time, 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. It is going to be a pre-taped show. Uh, sorry, guys, a pre-taped show, but we will be live if you guys want to come in and hang out. And it's going to be a pretty fun show that Will and I are going to shoot on Friday. And then we'll just have it go live on Sunday so we can enjoy Sunday with our families. Obviously, Will, you got your children. I got my giraffes. We all got responsibilities. <laughs> My giraffes are my responsibilities. But Will, before we go, let the people know where they can find you. You can find me on Twitter, William RBR. Although, God, Twitter is such a cesspool right now that uh, I don't know how much longer I can do this. But uh, I recognize that it's it's the platform of choice. Um, but, of course, uh, there's, there's a whole lot of content coming up. Um, me and Denise got uh, the Fightful Awards coming up here soon. Um, so just stay tuned and keep watching, and we always appreciate you. Oh, we got one more uh, super, super chat, chat here. Mr. CJ Lilly says, the whole point of this week's segment is that Bray and Howdy are different people. Another step to uh, Wyatt Six reveal, like all the MCU led to Endgame. I think we all knew that they were different people, and this was just confirmed, but it was something that we already knew. Thank you, Mr. CJ Lilly. I appreciate you. Like, for real, I really do. Thank you, Mr. CJ Lilly. All right, guys, that is our show. Do not forget to subscribe to the channel. Tomorrow, I'm dropping an interview with Kimo Salvatino. We'll see you guys next time. Bye, everyone. Oh, wait, Sheldon Jackson. Ah, does the walk across the rope in the Phoenix Splash, bro? It was amazing <laughs> in that match. Thank you, Sheldon Jackson. You're awesome, dude.